what's up champagne sharks this is t catch me on twitter at ricky rolls and catch the show at champagne sharks that's one word champagne sharks follow the show on twitter more than me go to champagne sharks at champagne sharks most importantly most importantly go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks five dollars a month you get access to a whole bunch of back episodes you get access to the discord which i have been in more i'm trying to make the discord pop i have not been in the discord the discord is not popping but it's my fault but this past week or two i've been in there a lot and we have to get you in there ken we have to put like a sports channel a sports channel in there and get you in there and get you get you arguing sports with people Uh, (laughs) but uh as you can already tell we have uh kenny with us uh say hi to the people hey what's up guys uh it's kenny you guys can find me on twitter at uh kd the bg that's kd t-h-a-b-g uh you can also find me on the 503 305 uh podcast twitter page check out the 503 305 podcast on soundcloud itunes stitcher google play it's everywhere so yeah just google 503-305 and you'll see a bunch of platforms you can get and you know you're pretty lucky to have me having to go through all these headaches first because you see what a pain (laughs) in the ass it is oh my god (laughs) such a pain you know it took me like a month to set up the podcast because i just could not figure any of it out how to submit it to itunes or whatever i had to find someone to finally like you know hold my hand and walk me through it you know so it's it's a pain in the ass. It's a, it is a pain in the ass, but it's worth it. It just takes a, oh my God, it took forever. And once it's set up, it's autopilot. It's really Yeah, easy. yeah, yeah. Man, man, there's so much shit to talk about. And it's like, I don't know where to start, but one place that I think is worth starting is this fucking Takashi 6ix9ine. People, people oh, think shit, New yeah. York took a lot of L's yeah. in the past 20 years. And I'm like, no, no, New York did not take a lot of L's. New York has just been taking one consistent ongoing l like it, like it's, it's for not, a like, long just, time yeah just one long l that yeah. is just uh not stopping it's 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 the one continuous l i don't know what to do about it it's like i don't know man we, at this point um we're on fumes. i'm starting to feel bad for new york because i know new york is better than this because you know we were talking earlier today and we we're talking about hip-hop you know what i mean and just talking about you know um like the way new york hip-hop matriculated through you know just through culture and just how like um for instance you know at one point in time you know when tupac was around and he was talking crazy and reckless like not everybody from New York was willing to stand up to Tupac. You know what I'm saying? But there were those dudes like J. Rue and Mob Deep. Like, they was willing to stand up to Tupac. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Capone and, and, Noriega. Yeah, Capone Noriega. You know what I mean? Like, they wasn't putting up with that shit. You know what I mean? I love J. Rue, personally. Like, J. Rue is one of my favorite East Coast artists from J. back Rue in the day. Is so underrated. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, one of the problems with the way... Um, history goes but especially because you know blue check blacks and black and buzzfeed blavity blacks are going to be the ones who are kind of going to curate the history because they're the ones who work for all like the white corporations and Mm -hmm. it's like when they write the history they're going to leave out a lot of the jerus i mean yeah it's going to write it like like a white person would it's just going to be like it was biggie and Pac, and that's where hip-hop starts for them biggie and Pac. yeah and and that there was nothing else like they're not going to talk about all the little shit no king t 
and Master Ace and yeah. so many artists that were dope. And I say that to say, you know, with this whole Takashi stuff going on, like, man, you know, it's a it, to me, it's a L. It's a it's it's one long ongoing L. But this one is kind of a double L because like. And me, you know, me and Mario talked about this before, like they're including like gang banging, you know what I'm saying? And these are gangs that originate on the West Coast and they even making the West Coast gangs look bad the yeah. way that they're, 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 you know, including blood this and blood that. And you got rappers and, and they've been too acting old like claim, shot callers. Yeah. They've been too old to claim blood like so loudly, like loud. Like, not so much, um, not so much Takashi Six Nine because at least he's supposed to be young or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, he's a kid. Yeah, but how old? How old is Cardi B or like Jim? I, I know Jim Jones is. is well, Jim Jones is in his forties, and he's on. I heard the that little. I, I don't know if his phone got tapped. I don't know what the fuck how that that phone call got recorded. But he's on there. He's a you know Jim Jim Jones is a rapper. That's it. But he's on yeah. there sounding like a shot caller and oh yeah, man, Takashi, yeah, yeah, six nine, he need to get violated. All this and, other and, kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, you what? And like Cardi B, you know what? She, she I thought she was a little bit older, but she's only twenty six. Yeah. I think she, yeah. I, think, I think she probably just had a, had like uh, you know, that, that fast life. So she seems older. She doesn't look physically look older. No. But she carries herself like she's been through. Oh yeah, shit. she's so, got high miles on her. Yeah, so I think that makes me think she's older, but yeah, she, yeah, she's actually like kinda young, but when you look at her, you can kind of see it. But he was talking about like uh, Nicki Minaj. He's like, Nicki Minaj, you're 36. Why are you yeah. calling out any? And especially people that go joining gangs like in their 20s, yeah, 30s. Yeah. Like, I think me and I Mario talked Coast, about that on, a, yeah, on another. Yeah, it's not like that. What's no, 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 no. You get in young. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start banging when you're about 12, 13. You know what I mean? Yeah, by the time you're yeah. 20 years old, you're done. Either that, or you're in prison or dead by then. So me and Mario talked about it on the. I think it was on the West Coast Sharks episode. Like mm-hmm. by the time you're 20, 20. One, you've seen so much shit. You've been through so much shit. You, you're trying to transition out of that because you've gotten cases put on you before. You've done jail time. You've had wars. Like you're not trying to. You're an old man by 21, 21, 22 years old. You're a survivor at that point. But these dudes, you know, it's equivalent to like gang, like the game, the rapper, the game, claiming that he's a shot caller for his hood. Man, the game would get discipline for yes. that. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, these people aren't just claiming it. Like they seem to actually be or acting yeah. like it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's sad. But, but, but um, there was talking about like he was snitching on Nicki Minaj. I'm like, Nicki Minaj yeah. is 36. She, like, like, what he do you was mean? Snitching, he was snitching on uh, who else was it? Uh, Trippy Red. Whoever this young dude, Trippy Red. I, I know who he is. I never heard his music but I know who he is. But he's saying that he's a blood and Cardi B is a blood and I guess that was supposedly a rumor. He didn't really say that but he, fuck, at this point he's talking so much you don't know what's true and what's not. You know what I'm saying? Wait, am, wait, am, am I wrong in, in hearing that he said something about Nicki Minaj? Maybe I, I don't wrong. think it was Nicki Minaj. I think it was Cardi B. He was saying that Cardi B was supposed to be a blood, but then that come out to be a rumor. Like he okay. didn't really say that. And like now the media is like kind of in trouble because the judge is like pissed. He's like, how is all this stuff ending up online? Mm. Like, why, why, why are people able to hear live? Because that could put the case in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? So why is we? Why are we? Why are people oh, hearing the testimony? Really? Oh, I thought it was a public information. I thought they have reporters there. They, they don't. No, no. Well, they do have reporters there, but I don't think you're supposed to be able to hear the testimony. Oh. So I don't know. That's just what what I heard. You know, you know, TMZ and all these different. Um, Gossip rags or, you know, everybody's got an opinion on these things. But, you know, that clip that you sent yesterday of Daylight, the battle rapper Daylight. Oh, yeah. What he was saying, fucking point. Yeah. Everything he said was on point. Yeah. You know, I listen to Mexican music, 6 9 Yeah. Damn. Damn. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck, bro. 
<laughs> Yo, I feel sorry for that kid. Bro. You do? Yeah. I man. guess you haven't been on record talking about him since all this shit went down, maybe? You, you know, have y'all noticed I normally attach myself to certain things? That mm. I didn't. And uh, I'll tell y'all why. I'm surprised I, you didn't show up on Vlad TV with dressed up like him. No, I smelled something fishy early. Really? Early, early, early. You knew this was coming? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm from an area where people really game bang for real. Right. And people like that. I don't like the hood are not supposed to like, like I still receive backlash from my neighborhood for certain shit I did. You mm. get what I'm saying? Like, nah, daylight nigga, that ain't the right way. Cause what, what, what in particular um, risk is that you're going to get in bed with street dudes that are going to extort you and fuck your life up. And he dove into it head first. I don't even know if he got to the point where he's really getting extorted or anything, bro, but he was clearly on that path. It, you got to understand, bro. He's a non-black kid named Daniel from a blood game. Right. He was getting extorted from the beginning. Mm. He wouldn't have popped if he wasn't with the goons. Right. If he would have just been Daniel by himself, he wouldn't have popped. The goons made him pop. Because he would have fit into a certain category. But when you are filming a video and you're on the street in Brooklyn and you got 20 dudes with you, they're all wearing red rags. That's that's a big old statement. And you can't understate how important that is in hip hop. People w are basically watching like gang porn. A lot bro. of people who watch rap videos. Bro, that's it, bro. It's gang porn. Oh, look yeah. at them in the streets with their shirts off. Yeah. And bandanas They want to see that 100%. Tattoos this year, they addicted to nonsense, bro. Mm -hmm. So um, just watching it, like I watched it from the beginning and I'm like, something not adding up about all of this. Mm. How are, how is all of these rappers behind this? And then- The like, clout was too irresistible The clout for was wild, right? And then on top of that, there was things that happened where I didn't really understand, like how you have a fight at the airport and nothing happened. Mm. Bro, I can't even cough too loud at LAX without some security. Bro, you can't even stand a parking spot too long without fucking security coming to say something to you. That was weird. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you had a fight at LAX and nothing happened after that. Like, no police investing, nothing. On top of that, you just got out of court for some other shit. Yeah. So you you had a, a probation violation on film mm. and nothing happened. Something's not right. On top of that, you going to every city disrespecting people, something not- Oh, block. Something not right. Yeah. And then on top of that, and when it all boils down, the FBI shit pop up, all the shit pop up, and you go to jail and tell on everybody. Uh -huh. Oh, I believe from the beginning he was part of this. This was a whole epic plot to take down a whole group of gang members. You think that he was in cahoots with the government? From the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning. Why would he have done that? Why not? Why would he want to Why not? take Shoddy down? You cannot... Go to these neighborhoods like this without something happening to you. Uh -huh. These are niggas that kill people on a Chicago is like Call of Duty, right? That means you had like when behind the cameras, you had some real people there, uh -huh. police cars or something. You had something. Oh yeah, he there. was definitely with police security in like off duty cops. It's no big deal to get off duty now, cop security off duty. right now. There That's was normal. man. That's the thing. If you on a block with some off-duty cops that don't look like cops, okay, then we still got problems. Right. He had lights out there. Yeah. He had some police cars out there on the other side. It had to. Man, he pulled up for five minutes, did the bro, video and dipped. He knew what he was doing. Bro, he moved. Bro, I watched how he moved. Right. 
He had people behind that, man. But you got to respect him as a troll. You and him were oh, in, I most definitely in, in many ways. He was the most successful at this art form that you knew about very early he on. He most definitely trolled to infinity, mm-hmm. but he had he had power behind the troll. It wasn't like he was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for my room. No, there was a whole plot. There was a team behind this. You think? Yes, bro. You got to think. On top of that, how are you hitting these billboards like this? Uh-huh. You 10 for 10. Something ain't right, bro. It's because he was giving people to write his shit for him, so he never had to take, you know. Yeah. A lot of rappers you listen to, they're the victim of the fact that they're just not now, that good Now, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to break something down to I broke it down on my Instagram. All right, so you know the video with him, 50 Cent, Casanova? Uh, video? Oh, it's, the song. The song. Yeah, the yeah, song. Yeah. Why is he the only one in the police car, and they're shooting at him in the police car? He's the only one in the video in the police car. You think it's likely that that was a plot? What, what is the odds of that, man? Mm. Like he's the only one in the police car, in the window of the police car, driving the police car, and they are shooting at him from the other car. But so you think Fifty Cent is in on this plot as man, well? Yeah, I don't, bro. I don't know what's going on with these New York niggas, but I don't trust none of them. <laughs> You think gangbang is fucked up in New York? I don't trust nobody who was behind this nigga. I don't trust nobody who supported him. Nicki Minaj, 50, Casano. I don't trust none of them. Really? You think they all might be in on this? How could you even be a part of that? Right? Listen, these I've known the same this motherfucker niggas, since real niggas, early on. These are the same niggas that said I was wilding. These are all the same nigga. I can't rock with Daylight. He wilding. Nigga, y'all rock with a nigga with colorful hair. Hmm. I don't want to hear Everybody it. Everybody got colorful hair now. No, nah, that's some other colorful shit. One of the most, the biggest things to me was when I saw a photo that you could tell that it was an extension, that he just had that shit taped in bro, and that he would sort of just throw those in. I don't even think the tattoos was real. I don't think none of that shit was real, bro. This shit is, bro, this was one big FBI sting, bro. Mm. Like the movie In Too Deep, ain't that like a New York movie? Uh, wasn't it? Well, well, yeah. well, well, you ain't no, you ain't no one of us, Jay Reed with, uh, Omar, what was that, Omar Epps and, uh, and, uh, LL Cool J? What was that? Man, I, I think, uh, man, I, I don't, New York undercover, all that shit, bro. I don't trust none of them shits, bro. Uh-huh. Like, bro, I, I look at it. I look at it from the outside in and I go, if you embrace that, you in on it. Y'all knew, bro. Real niggas, quote unquote, real niggas ain't giving none of that a time of day. So mm. all these niggas in jail. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to go a little left field with this. A lot of people was mad that 6ix9ine snitched, right? Mm. Why would y'all be mad? Why would people even be mad? How how could you even think that he wouldn't have snitched? No, exactly. I mean, the idea that he wasn't going to snitch was absurd. Like, that that's absurd to think he wasn't going to tell. Because he has every reason to. Besides but, his own freedom. He, you know, sometimes when like a super loyal group of dudes gets busted all together, then they stand you together. You see a nigga on the stand look like a treasure troll, <laughs> and you think he's going to stay loyal to the soil. Right. He's been gangbanging for bloods. a year. He got every color in his hair. A year. He's been down with these dudes for a year, and he has all kinds of reasons to think <laughs> that they were not being loyal to him. Why the fuck would he stay loyal? Bro. Nobody would stay loyal in that situation. No, just think 6 9 on the stand. Do you think a person who looked like that post to follow the G code? No. Fuck no. <laughs> right? But there's a but, lot of MS-13 dudes and shit that 
at the end of the day, they don't have colorful hair. They don't look that different from him. MF13, exactly. no disrespect MF13. to any Mexican gangs. I'm MF- just saying, there's a lot of face tattoos. You're right though, the colored hair. That's his MF13. Motherfuckers gonna have MF13 or <laughs> yeah. MF13 or on the back of the head MF13. But he started and his own gang. Six nine has. 69 different 69 tattoos on him. Right. But this is a joke from the beginning. Yeah, so it's like, when he was talking, I'm thought, okay, he was just saying crazy, but he made a lot of sense. And I like the part where he said, like, uh, I don't just New York anything. New York undercover. Right. And that's the thing that I've always, like, you know, back in the day, was like, man, you, you know, uh, um, if you look at a lot of the, the, the New York artists that they push out there and tell us that are the dope ones, like, it's never, you know, Rock Marciano and people like that. They always tell us to like these other dudes and then they be the, the ones that's getting in trouble and you'd be like, what in the hell is going they on be, in New York? They be telling us to like these dudes who have crossover appeal yeah. because they rap like they're some, from somewhere else. Somewhere else, right, right. So so it's like, um, I know I've said this in the past, there is no modern New York style. Like, no. Like no one can tell me what is the... And you know saying They kind of even started with 50 Cent. 50 Cent yep, kind of yeah. had a little twang in his... Yeah, he did. You know, he, he was... He, but Tizzy says still rap like 70% like a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He was already starting that kind of shift into like, you know, blending in like the kind of Southern type of uh, twang in it and stuff with, with some of his... Uh, it got to the point to where it's the only, at that point in time, like if you talk to like a, a hip hop head that love East Coast hip, they tell you about Flatbush zombies or people under the stairs. And it was like, no, yeah. I know there's more than that going on. Like there's a lot like Ka. Ka is a dope rapper from Brownsville, from, from Brooklyn. Like he's dope. You know, Marciano and you know, there's a lot of dudes out there. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I seen Rock Marciano here in Portland. I was like, what the hell is he doing here? You know what I'm saying? You know, Action Bronson. There's a lot of different Mayhem, Loren. A lot of dope New York rappers out there. But for um, some reason, they're not the guys that we get um, told to like. I, I mean, there's even guys like, uh, there's guys like Mano who I enjoy. Yeah, Mano. It's like, it's like Mano's not somebody who's ever going to be in a lot of people's like top fives. No. He will always drop a solid verse. He is someone that, you know, he will always drop a solid verse and stuff. And everyone has different um, theories about why it's bad. And everyone's mad at Hot 97 for not supporting local... rappers and stuff and Hot 97 like Ebro has blatantly like told people like there's this guy Stro have you heard of Stro? No. S-T-R-O he's a Mm -hmm. decent rapper and he's someone he's a rapper who tries to rap like he's from New York and stuff and you can see his stuff around and he started out with his name called Astro and he changed it to Stro and he was getting at Ebro for not supporting New York rap and Ebro was like yo man we support what's hot get your stuff hot you know like but, but basically like there was no sense of shame or anything about it. It was like, uh, you know, just get yourself hot, do whatever. But what people don't get now with Hot 97 is that it's dead. Like, that thing is owned. Yeah. I forget who owns Clear it. Clear Channel or something, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's two stations, right? One is 105, Power 105, and the other one is Hot 97. Hot 97 is still, like, the OG, but one is owned by, like, iHeartMedia, which I think is oh, yeah. clear, clear Channel. Okay. Uh, it, it, yeah, it is Clear Channel. They just changed it to iHeartMedia. And the other one's owned by another conglomerate, you know? Wow. And they they have playlists set nationally. Yeah, they do. Well, it's true. Like, like, like it's computers. It's the DJs, the DJs are just there to be personalities. Like, there's every now and then like a random show where, like, I think uh, this guy Rosenberg, he actually does an old uh, show that he, you know, is um, spinning the records himself or whatever. But, I mean, Ebro is like from Oakland or something. Like, yeah, he's you know, from Oakland, like, California. Yeah, he's from California, the Bay Area somewhere. Yeah, so he's not even from New York himself. It's not like he has some kind of real like New York loyal 
specialty. It's not like before where it was a bunch of New York DJs. No, he used to like be that. he used to have a, he used to be here in Portland, based out of Portland. He had some old morning zoo type goofball show. You know what I mean? Like they will they would do these pranks where they would put a guy in a car and lock the windows and lock the door and put a humidifier in there and pour piss in the humidifier. Like just dumb shit. Oh, like that's where shit. Ebro comes from. Like a lot of people don't know that. You know what I mean? He's been pressed. He even got pressed out here in Portland before by some goons. So yeah, it, that dude's a mm. clown. He's been a clown for years. You know what I mean? So it's like you got stuff like that going on and I mean like like it's 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 just a national station it's not really yeah. a New York get it out of your head about this thing as a New York institution like yeah this isn't red alert back in the day yeah it's not red alert it's not Mr. Magic it's not yeah. you know Mr. C it's not any of that it's 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 done. It's done. So it's done. Does that even exist anymore? Do, do they even have like underground rate like WBLS back in the day where you got these underground radio shows or anything anymore? Well, it's like you used to have WBLS, uh, Kiss, Hot 97. What, what they used to there used to be a ton of little college independent and pirate shows. And I used to stay up at night, like in high school. Mm-hmm. Just, and it was like WNYU, WBAI, WLIB. There was all this shit. And like, that's how I know so much hip hop. Like I would go to school with bags under my eyes the next yeah. day. Yeah. It was like, but I would like, pop in my tape recorder and record the radio and then people be like, yo, what'd you get this shit? I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You know? And right. then, uh, <laughs> and, and we used to like, uh, you get all this underground shit and you couldn't, the mainstream stations, there wasn't, like Hot 97 was like a freestyle, mm-hmm. um, that Latin freestyle music and dance yeah. music and cheesy shit. It actually wasn't a hip hop station back in the day. Like you had to go to like those late night Mr. Magic, Marley Mall, Hot Red Alert and that shit. You had to, you had to listen, uh, Stretch Armstrong about b Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to get those tapes, the Stretch and Bobito show tapes. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? If you go to SoundCloud, there's like some just some knuckleheads who, unlike me, I guess kept all their old cassettes somehow kept yeah. them in pristine condition. SoundCloud has like almost every single week of yeah of well they know. made a they they also did a a brick tape uh, Stretch and Bobito did where they released every episode on tapes. Uh, I think it cost oh, like yeah. 130 bucks. It came out about six seven years ago. Oh nice. Yeah yeah they they re they re released them all. I have a friend of mine who's really into all that kind of stuff. He's from New Jersey and he bought it. But um, I keep, still have a couple tapes from back then. Do they keep the talking parts because they were funny? just as a comedic show like i think so oh man they used to have the funniest fucking jokes man like uh they should give them like a morning show like yeah like those yeah. guys but it would be too crazy people wouldn't know what to do with it like yeah it yeah, be, yeah yeah but like what happened was uh when hot 97 became a full-time hip-hop station that kind of killed a lot of those smaller things because what hot 97 did was they had all these new york djs on in the morning and they were like representing like new york and like nationwide hip-hop yeah but then they started like absorbing all these people used to have these underground pirate shows and all these um different things they started absorbing them into uh the corporate show so suddenly like you know they're calling up all these people to the majors and all these and then they changed there's legislation that happened that kind of killed black radio i forget what it's called but there's this um legislation that happened that kind of basically killed um black uh radio let me find out what the law is but it definitely damn i cannot i cannot remember what it was 
But mm-hmm. uh, there's this guy called Bob Law. He um, documented all of it and stuff. But basically, every single city used to have their uh, black radio. And it would have, like, uh, they always had the, the local quiet storm. You know, like mm-hmm. over here, yep. Frankie, yep. Frankie Crocker. Yep. It was all this stuff. And this the black radio the black radio died everywhere. Everything got, got consolidated. Uh, there was one here called B- WBAI. And I think even that one is gone. That's the last one left. Were these they AM all, or FM? FM. They, okay, they see, that's the, that's the crazy thing. When black radio died out here, they put them on AM, which is trash. And oh, oh, um, I mean, I mean, they might as well not put them any, anywhere. Yeah. Because, uh, a lot of car radios, even have, is, does AM even exist anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. When I was young, we used to have um, KBMS was the soul station. You know, everybody old calls the soul station. So the soul station was uh, this guy named Michael Vance and uh, he did was the soul station and it was FM. And then probably around, I don't even know what year. You know what I'm saying? But it, it became an AM station and you could never get it in clear. It was bad. And th- yeah, on that terrible. station, you could get that. And then when he did his thing, there was another guy that came on. And then late at night, it was I'll be sure doing um, kind of like a quiet storm. Okay. And I think he called it the uh, he called it. Um, oh, man, that dude was a terrible uh, singer. That dude was a terrible Yeah, I know. Singer, but, you know, he's got the he's got the pipes. You know, what I mean, he's got the voice. You know what I mean? So he, I think he voice. called it the yeah the type the talking voice. And I think he called it like uh, the the um, I forgot what it was called, but it, it was kind of like Quiet Storm, and he would just play you know funk, just you know R and B, old school stuff for like two three hours. You know what I mean? Till like one in the morning, you know, and then, you know, the station goes off. But yeah, yeah, they, they killed it. Now it's all FM radio, morning zoo type bullshit. I remember what it was called. It was called a Telecommunications Act of 1996. And I'm trying oh. to look up now exactly what it was about that act that made all the... Um, local stations die but um i can't remember exact exact details why but to give to give an example of um how oh this is what it was there was a kind of deregulation there used to be limits to how much big conglomerates could buy and i think what happened and if i'm wrong please listeners uh correct me because you know i don't want to look up too much what on the air and mess up the flow if i remember correctly there was some kind of limitations that on how much big conglomerates could own as far as radio mm. and when a telecommunications act happened then it just became open season i did find this one thing in the same year that the act was passed over 700 million dollars uh was exchanged from the buying and selling of stations that's how much buying and selling of stations happened and locally owned and african-american operated stations were almost eliminated because most of them were bought out by the dozens and reprogrammed as quote-unquote urban by national conglomerates Mm. So, so to give an example, just five years, the number of radio station owners dropped from about 5,100 owners, 3,800 owners within five years. And then since then, like it's dropped more and more. So now it's like I, uh, Clear Channel, iHeartRadio and like one other thing, they weren't able to own so many stations. Now Clear Channel owns basically a station, a one major station in every single market. And they bought up all the other stations and like Hot 97 and places like that kind of absorbed a lot of those small DJs and stuff. Yeah. And then they computerized everything. So now they got rid of those. Like a lot of the DJs they have left basically don't even really DJ. They just kind of talk. Push buttons. Yeah, they, they, just, they just push buttons, you know, and they don't even determine uh, what's getting pushed because the computer from, you know, the central headquarters is sending out to every station what has to be uh, played like. At a certain point in time too, like, uh, you know, you got to play Ja Rule every 45 minutes or every 55 minutes. 
Yeah, and some algorithm yeah. has um, yep. programmed it. So I'm like, do these these New York rappers, the kids have to give up on that shit. They have to figure out something else, some other way. Because back in the day, the underground always had a way. But always. I think one of the problems is like this: uh, these later generations, they've always grown up with this kind of corporate um, friendship. Like, you know, they think brands are their friends in a very deep way so oh, yeah so like um there's like new rappers every year arguing about why don't you let new york rappers in summer jam it's like you know what fuck summer jam get yeah. get together because i mean it's 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 tough because you know i think the big difference is when i was coming up no one thought hip-hop could get that no so absolutely so, not so you weren't thinking about damn how can i get a grammy how can right. i get national you just kind of accepted you know what we're always going to be a second class art or a third class art yeah. but we don't care because it's first class to us you well know? you know not only that i mean you know sometimes um because i saw i heard nori on his drink on the drink champs he was like talking yeah. about um where his career is at this point you know i guess he's doing pretty good you know but he was talking man i wish i wish because i guess he's independent now so he goes yeah man i wish those days you know with leor would come back and all this other kind of stuff i'm like why would you want to be fed by another motherfucker so they can tell you what music to make when you're doing fine doing it on your own like you wasting yeah. your time you know what i'm saying i mean and you know but you know everybody was eating well at that time but you know leo was eating better uh, absolutely he, yeah he got his and he got out like um, yeah we're talking about that like like you know a lot of things that are paying off in the short run they will screw you in the long run and you know a lot of people can't see that so they just keep looking back on yeah that glory time the short run but they don't realize that glory time in the short run is why it sucks now yeah you would have been better off in something else that would have fed you longer you know but people don't really see that they just see because you know back then nori was the shit he was like like that summer when he was popping people i mean you could not damn from tv yep you know who's still you know whose career is still uh but this guy he's savvy because he's a personality too uh pharrell's basically career is made off of nori yeah 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 like the super thug super thug blew him the fuck up yeah that whole album because that album was fucking crazy that was back when new york being from new york really meant something yeah new york rapper and stuff but i have a theory on what makes new york different in a lot of places right like when i talk to someone like you from portland or someone like mario from cali and there were little pockets of this in new york because uh bed was like um bed is very ados mm-hmm. right it's very uh black american and i'm sure like the black population in portland was very black american oh yeah 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 and the black population in california people can trace their families back you know some people probably to like the early 1900s and stuff like like this this pockets right where people can trace their shit back to the great migration yeah and you know what i'm saying and stuff like 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 they came from the south they landed here and there's families i've known like my grandparents know your grandparents and shit like that i lived in bedside for a long time right and the thing that i noticed was it was the first place in new york that i lived where people's parents knew people's parents Mm-hmm. It was grandparents to people's grandparents and it was almost like it was urban but it was also kind of like country like people would call each other miss this miss that like oh yeah amy, amy shirley because they're the amy first generation coming from the south yeah yeah and and even though people being here generation they keep their tradition like you know there'll be some like dude standing on the corner and then some old lady pass by and you know the person would be like amy shirley amos this you know that same kind of uh mm-hmm. terminology like greeting like from the south and stuff mm-hmm. and i think like what happens in areas like that like like harlem you know was was very much like that too and if you, if you see Harlem like Harlem kind of keeps the history yeah, of itself yeah, yeah. like 
Harlem like worships its own history. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's getting gent- it's getting gentrified the fuck out. But oh like, yeah, like but people will talk about Harlem like uh, it's almost annoying how much Harlem people like around their own dicks, but you have to admire it. Like you know they'll be talking about every old hustler that ever lived <laughs> from like Bumpy Johnson to right. now. They'll be we watch Paid in Full a bunch of times. Like people share the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, this girl I know her dad's from Harlem and she can't stand hearing the Harlem stories and stuff. But you just watch Dame Dash. You talk about Harlem, Harlem, Harlem. Oh, that's all he talks about yeah yeah and and they'll, they'll have like a whole history of it like generations and like uh you talk about something like um bedsty and you know people will have old bedsty stories and stuff and there's like a lineage there but uh i mean there's always been like caribbean and african people in harlem and in bedsty but you know i think it's been like meaning like an, an american thing but if you go to a place like flatbush or Crown Heights or something that's like very a uh, lot of black immigrants and stuff. Everyone's parents just came here whenever they came here mm-hmm. and had their kids who were first generation American, but weren't really like you know. Everyone's just kind of for themselves. Everyone's yeah, kind yeah. of everyone's kind of in their own kind of They're in their own world. Yeah, it, it's like you know my family might be the Haitian family that lives in the building, and then my parents are going to work every day, and then my neighbor is the Puerto Rican family, you know, and their parents going to work every day and my parents might say hi to their parents in passing you know or make small talk like like strangers and stuff but there's no like shared lineage no shared uh whatever the jamaican families you know whatever then as time goes on enough immigrants come where it's like um there's there's a little there's a little haitian part of cambria heights where the haitian people know each other and there's like a jamaican stretch and the jamaicans mm-hmm. really know the haitians right you know like um for example like add friends that would be like Guyanese or Haitian or whatever. And I'd bring them to the house and my family would ask questions like, oh, where's that person from? Oh, they're Jamaican? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, whatever. And, you know, but but nobody's parents were friends. Nobody's grandparents were friends. Um, no. Nobody was this and that. So I think there was, I think the black identity in New York was never really, you know, it's like in LA, we get like second, third generation Crips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah or Portland, you might like you know someone who's from old black Portland or stuff like that. If, people don't really know each other like that so there's this kind of i feel like that's where new york's l's come from like there's no real it's it's there's no real shared um no shared history yeah there's no shared history there is one but it's like uh like okay like instead of being like a, a soup or something. It's like a salad. You know, like a salad mm-hmm. ingredients never really mix. Like, you know, with the soup, it just congeals into just one new thing, but a salad is just a bunch of ingredients sitting on top of each other, but they each keep their own separate shape. Oh, yeah. Own, yeah, yeah. Whereas in a soup, everything just kind of melts and becomes something new. And you can't, you almost can't recognize what the separate ingredients were before. And that's um, what I think happens. That's why I think the word nigger is so used freely here because nobody here really came from that black American history where the word right. was like, like that word meant the same thing for everybody because it, it doesn't. If you're a Jamaican, if you're a Haitian, if you're Dominican, Puerto Rican, you have African ancestry, definitely. Yeah. But it ain't the same as. You know, mine, Mario's, you know, the the fam- the the great migration of African-Americans who left the South for the West Coast. Like if you're an immigrant, you didn't have to leave anywhere. You came here. Yeah. And, I mean, and, you, you and, left you left your home country. But, you know, and you got the word niggas with like rap songs and right. whatever. Like it's not part of like your history. You can't right. go back and somebody's keeping you down with the word nigger in uh, Haiti. So I think that's where the uh, letting people use it came fast and loose because, you know, we were just because like even hip hop itself, hip hop is like a mutt. Like hip hop is 
is like, even though they try to give it like one inventor and say it's cool Herc, like he basically created the party where it yeah. happened, you know, yeah. and he was DJing, but it was really like a group effort. And absolutely. And it's, and it's like, um, the actual like rapping, you know, a lot of the innovations of the actual rapping, even the word hip hop came from like this guy, Cowboy. And I yeah. think he was, I think he was 80 West. So the Jamaicans like brought in like the sound system culture and the DJing and the, and the concept of toasting and the, uh, a lot of the Americans like brought in like, you know, stuff from scatting and stuff like that yep, yep. and added that into it and stuff and there were a lot of different like black people like you know there were like uh first generation haitian people who were there there were people from, from grenada like if you find out everybody's history there were puerto ricans like in the beginning uh latinos were in there rapping there was absolutely guy, uh tito i forgot what group tito's from but i know charlie chase is one of the uh, one of the djs um he's puerto rican you know what i'm saying he's one of the first early djs from back in the day but i mean if you want to get into the the elements of how hip-hop come to it didn't just start with some guy in the projects bringing out a sound system because where did you get the music from? You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for James Brown, you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for, I mean, just a simple, yeah, yeah, the breaks, all of that. All the the break beats came from like, you know, a lot of different black music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rare grooves, all that kind of stuff. Disco, funk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it's these artists that were around making music. They didn't call it hip hop. They weren't rapping. They might've been rhyming because you had rappers, you know, people that rap. I mean, the term rap is really conversation, the way we talk to each other. So what what Muhammad Ali was doing was rapping in 1960 before he fought Sonny Liston or Rudy Ray you know Moore or Rudy Ray Moore Dolomite those, those albums uh, yeah Blowfly like all all of yeah, that you stuff you can find a lot of those old albums on yeah. Spotify 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 surprisingly well curated with that stuff yeah and they have a lot of that stuff and it's it's a precursor to it and it's so it's like that's kind of that makes it kind of what made hip hop what it was but it's kind of also what made New York kind of like uh, bad like like LA is kind of like a loyalty like like the the, the neighborhoods and stuff yeah, yeah. and with gentrification it's even worse now like how many people you really see like you know like repping like hey man we're Crown Heights you know it's like no you don't Crown even Heights hear that is, anymore yeah yeah Crown Heights is a bunch of pumpkin spice latte girls <laughs> and condos and luxury rentals and you know a couple of black people managed to hang on and you know Bed Stuy is not what it was none of it's what it was yeah so, so, you, you don't you don't hear that at all you don't I mean back in the day in, in the hip hop songs you would hear Crown Heights and Brownsville and Bed Stuy and you know what I'm saying? Red Hook. All, you would hear that, you know, living on the West Coast. I didn't know where the fuck these places was, but clearly those places must have been popping. Biggie's talking about it. If Method Man's talking about it, if uh, whoever else, you know, that's a well-known East Coast rapper. But now you don't hear that. You don't hear that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 there's this um there's this term. There's this thing called it's called a pigeon and a creole it's kind of interesting right like if you blend like two cultures right like like a pigeon is like when two or three cultures that get together Mm -hmm. get together and they have to find a way to talk they kind of find some kind of common language or some kind of uh whatever to communicate so it's like if in fact the french people get african slaves yeah and then they bring them to haiti and now you get these two cultures together and there's also like um natives and there's different things then you have to kind of slap together some kind of way to talk you know and it's and they'll call that like a pigeon yeah but when the first kids are born from um that mix of cultures they grow up with that shared kind of language like the people who are making the pigeon have their own original languages that are like 
pure languages that they're trying to slap together and, you know, find a way to communicate. But then the kids will grow up with that slap together language organically. And at that point, it gets called a Creole. So, yeah. so when they say like, when they call what Haitians speak, when they call it a Creole, what they mean is it's this new language that formed from uh, French and, and African languages, you know, except now it's an actual language of its own. It's not just some kind of hastily slapped together thing that, you know, the original, like this is now a primary language. Like a Creole is when a pigeon graduates to a primary language with its own rules and stuff like that. So basically almost every language in the Caribbean is technically a Creole. Like what right. Jamaicans speak, like Patois, that's a Creole. That's like, a Creole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Haitian Creole is the only is one of the only ones. Uh, there's a couple of them, but it's one of the only ones that's straight up called a Creole. But they're all uh, Creoles, and I feel like the hip hop generation in New York, uh, the different black people and everything. What we had, the us first generations, like the language of hip hop is like a Creole language. It's um, yeah. kids of kids of Jamaican immigrants, kids of kids of Haitian immigrants, kids of Puerto Rican immigrants. Like we all, and then and then uh, also like the ADOS who were still the majority black people at the time. Uh, they might still be. I don't know in New York, but at the time they, uh, I'm sure they still were. Um, so the black Americans, the Caribbeans, maybe some Africans. Uh, I didn't know a ton of Africans growing up, but. Maybe they were there, like, you know, the Puerto Ricans, like, like hip hop was our Creole, like, like the slang, everything. And there was a little bit of everything in it. And like, you know, people threw in all types of stuff. I think it's what made it so electric, but I think it's like the weakness of New York. And that's why everyone just let everyone say nigger. That's what nobody, there's no like kind of boundaries. There's, there's no, there's no kind of legacy keeping. And when I see like how you and Mario talk, it's very different. When you yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. like uh, Black Portland or Black um, LA, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a shared history between the reason why is because there's a shared history between um, Los Angeles, Seattle, Portland, Tacoma, Oakland, San Francisco, because all the black people came here at this, basically at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just happened to be you went to Portland or Seattle for this job or you went to L.A. You know, my grandparents came from the South. They moved to Portland because for the war effort. You know what I'm saying? World War Two, you know, in L.A., when they opened all those jobs at Goodyear and uh, Firestone and Chevy and, and the, uh, um, Ford and all the Dodge and all those. They had a lot of the car manufacturers down there. That's why a lot of black people went down there. Same thing for Seattle. So we all are the same. But as time went, culture changed a little bit. So in L.A., you know, you had a lot of different elements that happened in L.A. because it was just the just the first of all, it's Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? So you got Hollywood. You got now you got this invention called gangbanging. You know, you got all these different things going on towards up here in Portland. We caught on to a lot of stuff going on in L.A. a little bit later, you know, probably about 15, 16 years later. But it's the same people. Just catching on to things a little bit later compared to on the East Coast, you guys have people come from different countries. Yeah, it, it's, it's like in a way what was happening in L.A. and in Portland in its own way. It was probably like a Creole in its way, but that type of Creole is people from different parts of the South. Yeah. So it, it still meshes together. Like, you know, yeah. if you're from Mississippi and I'm from North Carolina, I'm from Virginia. It's not different enough that it's like, no. you know, there's a big culture clash or whatever. It's I think it's way easier to form a common community from that. And then once you're there, now a couple generations in, because after the Great Migration, it wasn't like people from the South kept coming. Like now you have a set population and they're reproducing and growing and stuff. Whereas in New York, there's always new immigrants coming each yeah. wave. Each wave is new. Every year. Course. Yeah, all the time. So it's like, you can't even just like solidify it. Like it's not even like, say, they all 
all came in in the first big wave in like the 60s and stopped and then had their first generation kids in the 80s and then those kids reproduced it wasn't like that it was like there's always new influx um going in and i think that's kind of why like loyalty is so bad here you get things like um the haitian jacks of the world like robbing um tupac and people turning on each like there's this kind of thing where it's like it's a lot easier for every person to be out for themselves there's, there's a it's 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 hard to explain but i see it as i get older the the difference it's like there's warring in all these places but i feel like when la is being attacked everybody can kind of get together even though we all fight yeah, yeah because we have a shared history like you see how new york and, and la handled the east coast west coast thing was very oh, different yeah. like yeah. you know even though bloods and crips do all this fighting and stuff and whatever when it came time to like, to like click up against new york people you know were like you know I may be a blood, you may be a, a cripple. We all hate New York. Whereas like New York, someone will be like, well, you know what? Um, I'm a New Yorker, but I like, I like this. I like the dog pile. Like, you know, you know right, what I mean? right, like, right. like, like there's New York to some people, just the place they live, you know, they don't right. really take it as, or like, I'm proud to be from New York, but I don't care about other New York motherfuckers, you know, or, you know, I, I'll do a song with this person or that person, or it's, 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 uh, and I think that's how Takashi 69s get formed. Like mm-hmm. Takashi 69 won't form in, uh, LA or Portland because like in LA, they're not just, gonna take on a mexican like that you know because right. we're a black gang like even our neighborhood our neighborhood people have been in our neighborhood for like two or three generations maybe right. in the oh, same yeah. house yeah you know what i'm saying so some like little mexican guy is um not gonna just be able to show up and be like hey guys nigga, 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 yeah nigga, now nigga, here like, you ain't gonna find too many mexicans in black gangs that just ain't gonna happen yeah yeah you know what i'm saying that's just not that's not gonna happen you know this is how kids make friends in new york right like yeah Everyone's parents are, you know, either immigrants or they're, uh, and that's a great example. You, you look at that uh, When They See Us movie by uh, Ava DuVernay, like, you know, a lot of those parents didn't know each other. The kids were right. all hanging out, but the parents didn't know each other. They're all, they're all working all day. Right, you know? right, and, right. And some of the kids' parents were Jamaican. Some of the kids' parents were Puerto Rican. They each had their own culture. Yeah. Like, you know, in the in the Puerto Rican kids' house, they don't they don't they barely even speak English. Like the the guy's stepmother didn't even speak English. You know, uh, in the Black American kids' house, you know they have their own thing going on. One of the kids is like West Indian and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like if you think of something like Boys in the Hood, like everyone in the neighborhood knew each other. Right, right, right. You know, and uh, so so it's like in New York, how you make friends is everyone goes down to the street and you meet all the different people in the street, and that and this becomes your boy, that becomes your boy. This becomes your boy. Everyone in the block is just uh, becomes friends. Um, everyone's only been there like, one generation and stuff. And a lot of times, like your parents don't really tell you anything about your own culture or country anyway. You know, it's not going to do a ton about Haiti. So they all kind of form their own new culture on the spot. Right. That's just that's just them. You know, like like the culture kind of starts fresh with with uh them and and it's um i like i'll give an example like the chronic and the la rap and stuff like they had a real i think connection to like the p-funk oh yeah i think think that kind of comes from like their parents and stuff they don't like digging that crates for it or whatever it's it's this generational thing that um it seemed like out here you know on the west coast we were the only ones that was really fucking with like zap and roger you know what i'm saying prince like prince is huge in la you know what I mean? Zapp and yeah. Roger Prince. And, you know, the, that's where the, a lot of the groups like um, the World Class Wrecking Crew formed out of, in, um, you know, um, Egyptian Lover. Like all of those at that electric sound, like all of that was all building up towards 
the chronic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where all that built up to. Before that, James Brown, Bootsy Collins, Parliament Funkadelic, all of that built up to hip hop. You know what I mean? And it was one of those where it's like, to a certain degree, we wanted to be like them because to us, one, it was get Cameo, another group. You know, they were getting all the girls. You know what I mean? Everybody liked them. They was cool. They looked cool. You know what I'm saying? The music was funky as hell. Why wouldn't you want? And, but as years go by, we start, you know, you add the gang culture, street culture into the music. Now it look, it sounds like Parliament Funkadelic, but it looks like the world's most dangerous group, a.k.a. N.W.A. Yeah. Whereas here, we had all that shit. Like, we had Prince. We had right. Zap. My sister had the original vinyl pressing of World Class Wrecking Crew. I remember wow. when I was a kid. She's seven years older than me. She used to, excuse me, she used to play that shit and stuff. Bro. Yeah. And all that stuff. But we also had reggae music in the house. And right. Haitian music and stuff. Right. Because, like, like, what would happen is you would go to school and your black American friend would put you on to something like World Class Wrecking Crew. But then your Jamaican friend would um, put you on to, like, a reggae song, like, called called uh, Duck Dance or a Tenement right. Yard. And then you might put like, you know, your friends onto some Haitian music. And so you, so you have a house full of like stuff. So it's just one more ingredient. So like when hip, I remember when hip hop formed in New York, places like California and different places I went to were still behind. They were still oh, yeah. to, to just funk. Like oh, yeah. I wasn't, wasn't there yet. We already had mixed everything into this new Creole called hip hop. And they were still on this old um, stuff. But I think what made it interesting was like, like here's a good analogy, right? Japan was feudalistic for like a really long time. They had mm-hmm. feudalism like really late. Like the rest of in Europe and the West and stuff, they moved down to like the steam engine and the industrial revolution. Japan didn't get industrialized. Like uh, this guy, Admiral Perry, basically like blew up in the... Um, gates in japan came in and japan was kind of like so sh- so uh shamed yeah. by by uh being kind of uh, humiliated by the west and their like gunboats and stuff they decided we're going to catch up and now it's that thing called the meiji era like we're gonna do like, a great jump we're gonna go and they basically caught up to the rest of the world yeah uh really fast but what's interesting with them is it would be like if america went i'm sorry it would be like if england went from the era of like king richard the lionhearted or whatever that fuck's name was uh went straight from that straight to um like charles dickens era and right and steamboats and stuff like so that's why japan is like so weirdly feudalistic and futuristic at the same time they they skipped like five steps but it makes them have a uniquely interesting culture as a result and like i think west coast was like that like they cut hip-hop late but they jumped straight from like parliament mm-hmm. straight into hip-hop yeah and in a way it kind of gave them like a pure a pure funk kind of thing you know well, one of the it's things hard. is one of the the curators of music back then were also the older generation like we didn't yeah we didn't really have control of the music like we wanted to like you could only go to a certain few places in los angeles to hear hip-hop you know what i mean like you would have um what's his name alonzo they had this place called uncle jam's army that was real famous in in la and that was ran by um one of the people that would play music there was egyptian lover you know what i mean and egyptian lover was not the same age as per like say uh easy e you know what i mean those guys were young when they came out so you still had yeah. older people in control of the music they definitely were in control of the radios you know what I'm saying? The radio station. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't really have a choice but to do this. And even not only that, like even the, the dancing was different. So on the East Coast, they was doing more breaking. But on the West Coast, it was more pop locking. 
all right y'all so that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good